the world-famous Glacier Express, which took us during seven and a half hours across Switzerland, over 291 bridges and 91 tunnels to Zermatt. I was born in a small village in the Swiss countryside, and I grew up with my grandparents. My grandfather died when I was 10 because he was much older than my grandmother, and neither of them knew how to drive a car. Our only way to get somewhere was by post bus, these yellow buses that you see in Switzerland, which connected the village with the nearest train station, about 12 kilometers away, and from there, the nearest town, which was Lucerne, was a little less than an hour by train. I am a real country girl, and I never really got to know Switzerland at all before I started being a tour guide and living all over the world. I knew many countries and places much better than I knew my own. I had never been to any of those famous places like Zermatt and Gstaad and St. Moritz. I left Switzerland when I was nearly 20. After having lived only in the village where I grew up and 10 months in Geneva, where I had gone to improve my language skills. For nearly 11 years, I had mostly worked abroad all over the world, but never really got to know my own country, my beautiful Switzerland, at all. There were many places where I had never been to. Now, Quoni, the company that I worked for, they also handled incoming tourism into Switzerland. They had offices all over the world where trips to Switzerland were sold as a destination. And when I was asked to handle one of those tours, I was absolutely thrilled. And what a tour it was. The 20 end contestants of the Miss Hong Kong contest go on a location shoot. I don't know if they still do that, but they did it in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s. And in 1991, they decided to come to Switzerland. So on a relatively cool April morning, 80 people arrived on a Cathay Pacific flight from Hong Kong at the airport of Zurich. 20 of those 80 were the contestants. About 20 were film crew and photographers. Another 20 were chaperones. And the last 20 were the most important, of course, apart from the contestants, the glam squad, the hair and makeup artists. Together with my colleague and friend Lily Fry, I was in charge of this tour. And it was very intense because they had to film and photo shoot every day because that material was later used on TVB which is a Hong Kong television station. And it's the station that aired the Miss Hong Kong contest, the show at the end. And all those clips which were filmed in Switzerland would be showed during that contest. But let's start from the beginning. In various Chinese communities, and especially in South China, including Hong Kong, 
a suckling pig is cooked for a special occasion or at the launch of something new. The pig is sacrificed to ward off evils and in prayer for success. And therefore, the first stop of the two tour buses from the airport wasn't the hotel in Lucerne where the group was staying for two nights, but a Chinese restaurant a little outside town. At around nine o'clock in the morning, various suckling pigs were gobbled up in minutes, if not in seconds. From there onwards, we all drove to check into the hotel and one would expect that they would get some rest after this long night flight. But no, the next point on the program was swimwear pictures on an excursion boat that had been especially rented for the purpose. I will never forget those poor tired girls posing in swimwear for the cameras on this boat on the Lake of Lucerne. And it was absolutely freezing. I felt so sorry for them and wanted to hug them. But we had only just met and I hadn't had the opportunity to get to know them. We stayed two nights in Lucerne, my beautiful hometown with the wooden bridge from the Middle Ages, which I call the most beautiful town in the world. Originally, Lucerne was an ancient fishing village by the lake, where the monastery of St. Leodegar was located. Later, when the railway was built, from an old fishing village, Lucerne gradually grew and became a favorite tourist destination. It can be said that Lucerne is the most attractive ancient city of Switzerland, and it is located between these beautiful snow-covered mountains of Arigi and Pilatus, and it is surrounded by a beautiful lake. Maybe I'm a little biased here, but it definitely is a very beautiful town. It is not surprising if tourists are mesmerized by the scenery here. Finding a seat in a simple design cafe, watching the mist floating on the lake in the early morning, or watching the mountains, the lake, and the river. Our visitors from Hong Kong had little time to enjoy these sights. The next item on the agenda was wearing traditional Swiss costumes and driving a classic car, then breakdancing on the side of the river, and dinner at the old Swiss house, which is a traditional Swiss restaurant near the Lion Monument. I remember sitting with our bus drivers who were fascinated by everything they saw. They were just looking and they were awed. It was also a time when we didn't have so many visitors from China yet. Tourism at the time was mostly Europeans or maybe some Americans. Chinese tourists came later. My colleague Lily and I were responsible for all the organization and all the props and there was much to be organized. The next stop after Lucerne was Engelberg, which is a relatively small winter resort, but very important because it is the base of Mount Titlis, where I had never actually been before. And this was, of course, my opportunity to get to know that area as well. The contestants did some dancing and filming in the park behind the hotel in Engelberg, but the highlight of the stay was going up the big mountain. Mount Titlis is one of the most sought-after destinations in all of Switzerland, 
and you can expect to experience snow all year around at an elevation of over 3,200 meters. And this was an absolute sensation for our visitors from Hong Kong, because many of them had never seen real snow or been in the snow in their whole life. And they were so happy and joyous and made a fuss. Of course, the film crew got busy immediately because various scenes had to be shot. One of them was with two very cute St. Bernard dogs, which we had rented for the purpose. And they also needed various pairs of skis and a couple of snowboards. And we had such a laugh because they were supposed to stand on these skis or do a little snowboarding. And I think that they had imagined it a lot easier than it is. I think they had underestimated the whole story. Scenes that were supposed to take 15 minutes took an hour because they kept falling over and being full of snow. And then they had to change costume because they had gotten soaked or the makeup and the hair had been messed up. So the makeup and hair team had to be called. It was a little challenging to say the least, but we got it all done and everybody was happy when we came down. From there on, we also went to Zurich, where we had to arrange a few Dalmatian dogs so the girls could stroll through the streets of Zurich. And then the next day, filming and photo shooting was done at the Rhine Falls, which are Europe's most powerful waterfalls located in the north of Switzerland, about maybe an hour from Zurich. These falls were formed in the last ice age as a result of the general temperature fluctuation around 500,000 years ago. The first glacial advances began in the Midland and formed the landscape of today. It's quite awesome to see the Rhine Falls. Of course, no comparison to Niagara or Iguazu, but um, they are quite impressive. Our friends from Hong Kong loved their stay in Switzerland and left with a huge amount of film and photo rolls. Remember that this was before the digital age. Photos were printed then. Lily and I even appeared in a few newspapers in Hong Kong. Everybody left happy and we were also informed who won the Miss Hong Kong competition in 1991. Her name was Amy Wok, and if you ask me, they were all winners because they had worked so hard and had been so charming that we were sad to see them go, even though we had worked from five o'clock in the morning till midnight to have everything ready for them. I was grateful for the opportunity to get to know my own country a little better or I hadn't known it at all. And a few months later, when I had started working at the head office for a while, I noticed this trip on the list. It didn't have a tour guide assigned to it yet. It was called So Small But Already 700 Years Old. In August 1991, Switzerland celebrated its 700th birthday. And the Diners Club Germany had organized a tour for this occasion. I looked at this program... And I thought, I think this trip has my name on it. And that's exactly what I did. I put my name on it. 
This tour started with a flight from Frankfurt to St. Moritz on a Swiss vintage plane, the famous Junker Ju-52. However, the pilot informed us shortly after departure in Frankfurt that we wouldn't be able to land in St. Moritz because of fog and that we would have to land in Zurich and that a bus was already arranged to take us from Zurich to St. Moritz, where we were staying in the famous Palace Hotel. It is quite a distance. And after the end of the highway in Kur, quite a windy road. But there was nothing we could do. We cannot win against Mother Nature. So after we landed in Zurich and the luggage was loaded on the bus, we drove to St. Moritz, arrived at the hotel, the clients headed up to their rooms, and I made sure that all the suitcases would be delivered as fast as possible. And as usual, and as I always did, I waited long enough in the lobby to give everyone a chance to come back and report if something was wrong. One of my guests was a wonderful and very fit 85-year-old German lady. She was traveling with her son, and as I was sitting there waiting, she approached me to tell me that her suitcase had not been delivered to her room. And my heart stopped because I knew that the bus driver had already left and was driving back towards Zurich. And remember, it was 1991. There were no cell phones. I couldn't call him and tell him to come back. But I suspected that he had forgotten to unload one of the suitcases because I knew that at the airport, they, were, they had all been loaded. I felt so sorry for this lady. She told me that she didn't travel much anymore and that she had bought new outfits for this trip and especially for the celebrations on the evening of August 1st. I also knew that I wouldn't be able to call the tour bus company because it was already after office hours. And the next day, 1st of August, was a holiday and everything was closed. Now, here comes the advantage of being talkative. I always like to talk to people and ask a lot of questions about them. And I had spoken to the driver on the way and I knew his name. And he had also told me where he lived. So I picked up a Zurich and Zurich area telephone directory and started calling all the people with his name in this small town, which he had mentioned. I don't remember how many people I had to call, but I eventually found him. He had parked the tour bus on the company's parking lot, and he promised me that he would go back and check the luggage compartment and call me as soon as possible, which he did a little while later. He had found the suitcase in the back of the luggage compartment. And because of the many bends on the way to the Swiss mountains, the suitcase must have been sliding from one side to the other and ended up in a corner which the driver did not check when he unloaded. I was so glad to be able to tell my client the good news that the suitcase would be arriving in a few hours. And she was so grateful and enjoyed her beautiful outfits even more. St. Moritz is a playground for the rich and famous. Celebrities and royals flock to its luxury hotels and world-class ski hills in the winter for outdoor fun. St. Moritz was the birthplace of winter tourism. 
It opened its doors in 1864, and since then it has hosted two Winter Olympics. But visiting St. Moritz in summer is pretty special too. Let me just mention once more that I had never been there myself, and I was pretty impressed. The next day, we went on an excursion on the famous Bernina Express train to Boschiavo, which is a beautiful little Italian-speaking town in Switzerland, where you get to eat delicious food like risotto and polenta, accompanied by wonderful wines. In the evening, we attended the celebration of Switzerland's 700th birthday at the also very famous Kulm Hotel. And it was all very, very glamorous and I loved every minute of it. After a short night, we boarded the world-famous Glacier Express, which took us during seven and a half hours across Switzerland, over 291 bridges and 91 tunnels to Zermatt. It's the most amazing and comfortable way to travel. You can just allow yourself to sit back, relax, and take in the unspoiled natural scenery of the Swiss Alps through the panoramic windows. I don't know which was the highlight of this trip, but seeing the famous Matterhorn, or as I also call it, the Toblerone Mountain, for the first time in my life, definitely did something to me. It touched my heart. I felt so proud to be a citizen of such a beautiful country. But this wasn't all. After a wonderful dinner and a perfect night at Le Servant Hotel, the bus drove us the next day to a seven-course lunch at the famous Père du Lac restaurant in Geneva, and then on to a wine tasting in one of the terraced vineyards in the Lavaux. And that's also where I found out that very little Swiss wine gets exported. The Swiss like their wine so much that they drink it all themselves. And on top of that have to import around 1.7 million hectoliters just to satisfy its people's demand for wine. Well, I definitely contribute a few liters to that every year. This night, we stayed at the beautiful Montreux Palace and enjoyed the Lake Geneva shore. Montreux has one of the most beautiful promenades in all of Switzerland, with the stunning Alps in the background. And it is also known for the famous Montreux Jazz Festival. The whole Lake Geneva area is magical. The stretch of shore that runs from Lausanne via Vevey and onto Montreux is called the Swiss Riviera. And the next day, we took another famous train from Montreux to Gstaad. And from there, we went by bus to a place, a relatively smaller place called Altorf, to attend the William Tell Festival. William Tell was a folk hero in Switzerland. In the story, William Tell is a man who refused to bow down to a pole that had been set up by the Habsburg army who had taken over the place where he lived. He was arrested and forced to shoot an apple off his son's head with a crossbow. The story says 
that Tell took out more than one arrow out of his quiver. And when he was asked why, he replied that if he had struck his son with the first arrow, he would have shot Gessler, the legendary bailiff, with the remaining arrow. William Tell became a symbol of heroism and freedom. While he may not have been an actual person, there is no doubt that the legend is not only intrinsic to Swiss identity, but has been an inspiration to freedom fighters around the world. His courage in fighting against oppression remains pertinent to this day. And to end the perfect day, we had rented our own excursion boat for this group of only about 15 people and enjoyed a delicious dinner on the way to Lucerne, where we spent the night at the Palace Hotel and ended this trip the next day by being pulled from Lucerne to Basel in a wagon of the Orient Express where lunch was served, and from there, back to Frankfurt in the new ICE, the very fast and modern Intercity Express, which was fairly new at the time. We had experienced it all, and it was an absolute amazing journey, not just for my tour group, who had paid a lot of money for this trip, but also for me, who realized once more that I had the most beautiful job in the world because I got paid for all this. I got paid for seeing all the corners of the world. I got paid for getting to know my own and so very beautiful country. My family loves Switzerland. We have our other home there. And even my Cypriot husband has a Swiss citizenship and we go there as often as we possibly can. When I look back at these times, when I look at my life in general, I realize every time how blessed I am and how many beautiful places I have seen and how many remarkable people I have met and spent time with. I love my life. And there is so much more to see and do. If you like my podcast, please subscribe. Listen to all the episodes. Tell your friends and your family about it. And stay tuned. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes. If you like what you hear and you want to know more about what I do, check out my website www.thesoulkit.com.